A halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. everybody, welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and everything in between. Yes, it's the summer, but we don't take summer breaks for you. We record, I wouldn't say weekly, but RZ bi-weekly. Okay, whatever it is, we're, we're happy to be here. Uh, and there's a lot going, a lot, a lot, a lot going on in Israel. Molly and Johnny, huh, huh, oh, I'm sorry, I should welcome you. We're here with our Rebbe Molly Brodsky. Hello, Rebbe Brodsky. Oh, how are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, how are Johnny Solomon? How are you? I'm great, thanks. Okay, wonderful. Um, I didn't tell you this, but for reasons that I cannot fathom, I scheduled a meeting with someone in Yerushalayim the Monday before Tisha B'Av. And you might, it was like, it had nothing to do with anything. It was just in a coffee shop in the afternoon on the Monday before Tisha B'Av and found myself mired in unbelievable traffic, stuck as I tried to get out of the city, um, blocked by by the hordes of protesters that had descended upon Yerushalayim. And it was, it was tense. It was like, you know, very, very tense. And, you know, the police are trying to get them across the street and people are banging on cars. And I, I think uh, it was just a, it was a microcosm for me of like the country. And especially that night, they shut down the Begin Highway and they were protesting. And it was like so, 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 so tense. Before, up, up to even after the vote, they lost the vote and leading up to Tisha B'Av, and so now we're after Tisha B'Av, and we're a week later. So, Johnny, just, just, just take a second. How do you feel? Have things calmed down to you? Do you, do you have a sense that at least we're, we're, everyone wants to take summer vacation from this whole thing? Or it's still tense from your perspective, even at a lower level? I, I feel the tension. I think there's a lot of movement happening, uh, in governmental movements, political movements. Uh, societal movements it's hard to necessarily keep track of all those changes uh, taking place certainly the days leading up to Tisha B'Av were really th- there was a really challenging atmosphere wherever you were uh, everyone was talking about reforming Patit, uh, and every reaction one way or another uh, was kind of oftentimes read uh, differently and uh, that fed to lots of different conversations. I, I was driving with my daughter, actually, um, just around about uh, Tisha B'Av. I think it was just just before Tisha B'Av. And she said, you know, the, the country's burning. I said, well, what are you talking about? 
she said kind of like that's the feeling she was getting so i said just look around we were driving near where we are you know farmers are farming and uh, trees are blooming and, and things were happening I actually took some pictures and, and shared them on facebook and i said listen there's a lot of crazy things happening but also a lot of people are just getting on with their life and we need to remember that too so there was there was a, a lot of tension there still remains so but I think there's a counter-narrative which is essential, which is the majority of the citizens of the state of Israel are still getting on, knowing, though, like all the time, there is fluidity, there are changes, and there are flashpoints. Molly, how do you feel? Uh, have you been, you know, now I'm asking about, just to give our listeners a sense of, you know, after, after the, the, the blow-up and after Tisha B'Av, how do you feel about, uh, you know, what's going on now? Yeah, it's, I, I think... Uh what Johnny said expresses how I'd feel. Um, I, when he was talking, I remember that once uh, somebody in our community said, you know, if you, talking about the youth of the community, right? They said, so if you like come to Shul on Friday night, you go, wow, look at the youth of this community, how amazing they are. And then if you go to the park on Friday night when everybody's like hanging out at two o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh my goodness, what is going on with the youth of this community? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, it, a lot will depend on your perspective and where you choose to put your focus. And I think that that, which is not meaning, that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is that I was at actually an Askara, family Askara, and um, sitting behind me was were family members that we actually feel extremely close to, That I, although I haven't seen them for a while, and they are Philonim from Tel Aviv, old-time Apainiks, like literally like the patriarch of the family work was like friends with Shimon Perez. And um, I, it was, I was wondering kind of, you know, what they felt, whatever, it was lovely to see them. They were warm with, warm to, you know, it was a very warm conversation. And then somebody who spoke during the Askara actually said that they wondered where, where um, it doesn't matter, I won't say that part, but what I will say is that the people who spoke at the Ascara spoke so beautifully, the tea people. And I heard somebody behind me say like, wow, that was like so beautiful, like what the person had said. And it just reminded me like when you, when, when it's, when it's, when everybody relates to people, human to human, there's so much room for connection. Um, and I, 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 I wish there were more of that and less, slogan hurdling and that's not to minimize that there are real things happening and when it comes to the real things happening i'll say two things one is that i read an article which i thought was excellent which pointed out to remind us all that like i'd say a good 60 to 70 percent of the country is in the same place and that it's the people that that, that, like there's 10 percent on one side and 10 percent on the other side that like have very 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 passionate feelings but the majority of the country somewhere between 50 and 60 to 70 i would say are more or less in the same place, which is that they are either want or are willing to have judicial reform. They just want to slow more slowly, um, and I think that's important to, to remember. While at the same time, I will say that like that's not to minimize, as Johnny said, like there are flashpoints. Anything could explode. Create this in the Middle East. You know, we have Jewish history. We know that like only one stupid move can like you know ignite a fire. And I just hope that doesn't happen. Um, and I'd like to uh, hope that Ruby, you sent me this uh, podcast with Chaviv. Chaviv, Chaviv, Chaviv Redigur, yeah, it was Redigur. excellent. Call me excellent back podcast. podcast. Excellent. excellent. Um, and he said everybody around him is negative, all the journalists. And he said he's positive because he kind of said what Johnny had said last week, which is like, these are growing pangs. And it's not going to be fun to go through the growing pangs, like, you know, growth pangs of adolescence or whatever you want to call it. Um, but he is firmly confident that we, we have to go through through 
phases of challenge in order to, to grow stronger. So I guess that's my prayer is that is that's what this becomes and that it doesn't become a flashpoint of crash. It becomes so it's, a, so it's a interesting because I, I, as I mentioned you guys before we recorded, I was at the Jerusalem Wine Festival last night. Highly recommended if you ever, uh, if you missed it this year. And it was just like a surre- surreal feeling because like usually I live this very, I would say, you know, you know, uh, 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 secluded life. We live in our little. We live in our. We all live in our, mostly in our little bubbles, except for when we go out of them in a chevrati kind of way. And here I found myself standing, you know, at the top of the mountain in Yerushalayim, overlooking the Knesset. You could see the Knesset in the background. Just a beautiful Jerusalem evening, and there was just such a wide array of p- different kinds of people. Most, not a lot of Haredim, but a couple. M- many secular, many Zionists, you know, like small kippot, larger kippot, just everyone just having a wonderful time and enjoying, like drinking a lot of wine, you know, get, you get tastes of wine. And it was just, it was like life as normal. And I, it was sort of surreal to me because a week before, literally like a week or two weeks before, mm. those same people would have been sort of been at each other's throats. And 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 they would have only wanted to talk about politics and wouldn't have just wanted to enjoy. So I have this sort of feeling like, like that's the real Israel, and then and and it was and it was just refreshing that, to, that everyone seemed to be getting along and having a good time and 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 it was you know, I, I'm hoping that the calm will last for a little while longer because uh, I think everyone's a little bit a little bit tired. Okay, uh, can we move to our can we move to our main topic? Let's do that. So our main topic is based on an article that we saw, that I saw, in the Makori Shon newspaper, written by a man named Avraham Wasserman. Avraham Wasserman is a Ram. Rabbi Avraham Wasserman. Wasserman is a Ram in Yeshivat Ramat Gan, and a rabbi of Gilot Gruot Mordechai in Givatayim. So it's important just to understand, so our listeners don't understand, what does it mean when you say you're a Ram in Shivat Ramat Gan? So uh, what that basically means is you fall into what we would call the Chardal camp. Chardal, Haredi, Dati, Lumi. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard, more, more right-wing, more hardline, more wanting to press issues, not in the more Dati, uh, uh, um, I, I don't even know what you would call it, uh, um, Sohar-oriented camp. I guess Sohar is a brand now. I work for Sohar. Um, so he wrote an article, and the article he entitled Shalom Litmimut, which means goodbye to... How would you even translate innocence. to Mimut? What? Innocence. Innocence. Goodbye to innocence. And his basic thesis, which he argues pretty convincingly to me, and it was very, very meaningful to me. And Mamali, did you notice that he started with... Uh, that's he got Kanan me. He, he got me straight in the emotions, but with that quote, yeah. <laughs> even though as a further reflection, as we'll discuss, I'm I, a little. I, I have more nuanced approach, the but the beginning song. he got me. Ima, ima, if I could, uh, you know, solve, if I could heal the problem, if I could just make it better, and he says basically, like we in the religious Zionist community always considered ourselves like the glue, where we're somewhere we f- we feel like we're somewhere in the middle, you know, we're not Haredim. We're not ultra-Orthodox, but we value Torah learning, and we value, we value uh, 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 religiosity, and we have religious values, and we value the Torah. And all of the things that are important to them, pretty much, are important to us. Maybe not in the same extreme way, but it, it's important to them. It's important. But we also, we're connected to the secular community because we, we go out and work, and we don't, we don't seclude ourselves in our own tiny little islands, and we serve in the army, and we're part of society, and we want to play a major role in building society. So we always see ourselves as, as being in the middle, as being some sort of glue in Israeli society. 
And he says, but if you think about it, it when you really look at it it's, it's specifically, and you look at exactly at the history of the religious eye community, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, he doesn't say this, but it's hard to paraphrase a long article, he says, basically everybody looks at us as a patsy. They don't respect us, they don't, certainly don't agree with any of our choices, and they've been stomping on us for decades. He said, you don't have to go far, as he, 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 he mentions the hitnatkut, the disengagement, which was a, just a wholesale dismantling of an entire community without so much of a thought in, a, in an incredibly cruel and insensitive manner. Forget, forget that. He says, look at, and this is something that really resonated with me. He said, look at the higher echelons of society. Look at leadership in law, leadership in, in academia for sure, but even leadership in politics and in government. So as long as the religious Zionist you know, party went along, it was a side party, and what did we that tot, and maybe everybody's happy. But as soon as you decide that you want something more, they squash you like a bug. They don't, they don't care about you, and they're not interested in you, and they really, they put you down. And the thing that really got it for me was, like, if you look at the matkal, if you look at the upper echelons of the, of the army, even though for, the la- for decades now, 40% of the graduates of the Kusek Tzinim, of the, of the, you know, of the, of the officer training courses, 40% are from the religious Zionist community, you will not find one religious Zionist leader in, an, in, a, in, a, in a primary and an important position. Sure, they are. They are somebody religious. He's the head of the Chelechinuch. Like, give me a break. You know, when, when a man named Ofer Winter, I think it's a lieutenant general, they wanted to promote him, all of a sudden he gets overpassed because... In the end, uh, in the eyes of the media, or in the eyes of the upper echelons, he's too religious. And they quote a line from him, if you quote Shema Yisrael, or you say something about you know, the r- religiosity or spirituality in the context of war, you're all of a sudden a religious fanatic. And it happens over and over and over again. If they don't like you, they'll label you as a mishichist, they'll label you as a messianist and a radical, and they'll squash you down. It almost reminded me when they asked Aaron Barak, the Supreme Court Justice, how come you never, you know... You never, uh, you never had anybody other than, you know, Ashkenazim graduates of the Hebrew University and the Supreme Court. And he answered honestly, he said, there was nobody else. Like, it was an unbelievable quote that opened the eyes. And I think that religious Zionism is finally opening its eyes, and we'll decide, we'll discuss what this is, is finally opening up its eyes and saying, oh my God, like, we thought we were X, but now we realize in the eyes of the leadership, quote unquote, the secular leadership, and even the Haredi leadership, of the communities, they didn't see us as leaders or as glue. They saw us as something to stomp on and use, and when they don't like us, to push us back down again. And so therefore, his argument is, goodbye to innocence. If you want something, sorry, you're going to have to fight for it. And instead of backing down every time and saying, we have to have shalom, we have to, if you have ekronot, and this community does have ekronot, for <coughs> example, ekronot of settling Yudav Shomron, ekronot of bringing more religiosity to the state of Israel, equinote of the importance of certain kinds of values. Sorry, you're not going to get it by being the nice guy. You're going to get it by playing hardball and ticking people off and playing politics and doing things in order to get what you want. That's essentially my understanding of this article. And it was, uh, it was for me, it was a very jarring article. And that's why I wanted to talk about it with you. And so I'm going to talk to ask Johnny very simply. Did you understand what I understood? I Meaning, did you understand his thesis the way I did? And if you did, what's your reaction to it? What do you think? Okay, so just to be clear, all of us have read this article and, and thought about it kind of carefully. We thought it kind of 
told some narrative which contains some kernels of truth. Uh, to begin with, I don't think that uh, Rabbi Wasserman is di directly contrasting uh, the Datim Lumim with Haredim. It's much more really about the Haredim's uh, self-perception and treatment by what is generally considered to be the uh, the, the secular-led government or uh, and, and leadership, and how that's gone through some kind of Datilumi. Sorry, Johnny, you said Haredim. Sorry. You meant Datilumi. Right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Precisely. Um, and, and how those shifts um, have been at times startling, and how there's some kind of renaissance, shall we say, were being coordinated, which we're kind of seeing right now, which is itself obviously very, very questionable. We'll come to that in a minute. So I just want to walk through a little bit of the article, some of the steps he takes us through. He begins by basically telling us there was a time when, when leaders thought great things about those with a kippah suga, as most famously made by a piece of Ephraim Kishon in the mid-70s. Now, it's important to remember who is representative of the religious Zionist world in the mid-70s. Well, at that point, for example, Rav Shlomo Gorin is a chief rabbi, and there are major questions about the level to which he's overly flexible in certain ways to appease the government. You know, I've given lots of talks about, for example, the Langer case, and, and we well know that that was a major flashpoint, arguably the, really the case that fractured the modern state of Israel. So the, in the height of the 1970s, this depiction of the kippah sugar wearing or religious Zionist uh, Jew who seems to be able to uh, contribute values to the state but be flexible within that system so there is enough Jewishness for everyone to feel cool but not inflexibility for people to feel awkward. So he begins by saying that was a heyday. However, he says, there was a, a steady devolution from then on, whereby it seems to be that religious Zionists, notwithstanding the significant contribution to the country, punching way above their demographic, way above their numbers, seem to become more mistreated and, and, and the, the uh, views of them and the depictions of them as being this messianic crazy people started to come to the fore, and there was a certain sense of fear and delegitimization. And, uh, and as, as a result of that, not while the, the Tilomi community seems to do a lot and stand for a lot and contribute a lot, we have become really uh, marginalized and mistreated uh, as he says, the way in which Gush Katif was, was uh, handled was worse than the way we necessarily have handled some of our enemies. And what he now describes is a desire from that community to reassert itself and its values because it's fed up. Now, th those are kind of like the, the stepping stones of the argument. One important thing to mention, which he does not, and then I'll happily pass the baton over. You know, you know interesting. It reminded me. Remember, we talked about Dara Horn's, um, Dara Horn's book people, about people like just Jews, people like dead Jews, and, and 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 how like she talks about the idea that oh, I don't mean Jews like you. I meant Jews like that. Like like oh, like the, you know, the sector they like their datilu umi in a certain flavor. But, it, you know, but if you're a little too much this or a little too much that, then, I mean, come on, it's too much to stomach. That's too much. It reminded me of that same argument. You don't get to choose how we get or how I'm supposed to be. You're supposed to accept me for what I am and not 
not, you know, rebuff me or try to stomp me down because you don't like how it is that I want to express myself. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, and you're entirely right. Again, I think there are kernels of truth in this narrative. I don't think it's comprehensive. And one significant omission, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I tried to read the article a couple of times over, he doesn't mention Retzach Rabin. Yeah, I did. The very fact he doesn't mention <laughs> Retzach Rabin is, I think, ridiculous, not because... Wait, translate, he, translate said, for our listeners. Make sure okay. The murder of Rabin, right? The murder of Rabin was by Galamir, and we are not going to talk right now about how his name was brought onto a news program just recently, which is a whole different conversation. But fundamentally, whatever we think of Galamir, he went to two institutions which define religious Zionism uh, in many ways, in our eyes, and certainly in the wider community. Namely, he went to Kayombi Avenue, where I went to. He was there before me. He went to Barilan. And when he killed uh, Rabin. Eh, and I Bar-Lan say this, is hard to argue. Kayombi Avenue is okay. Plenty of people go right. to Barilan. Well, but my daughter's really in Barilan, so like, like it or not. not Correct, but the point <laughs> is he, that uh, as much as right. it was, right, as much as it was, but certainly then it was representative of a certain community. And I say, as somebody with many secular relatives, and as somebody who wore at that time, especially a kippah went to Kambiyavne, I can tell you that I was spurned because of what I represented at that point in time, because Retzach Rabin was. A, a real ripping of society which was about not just the, a terrible heinous act but it led to you know this division of identity so there used to be an intermingling of secular and religious Zionism and then that moment that was vast, significantly separated as you know Tsar was established in response to Retzach Rabin absolutely so Yetzirah Rabin is this pivot, which the very fact the author doesn't mention, I think is irresponsible, because he really can't make a, an argument without referencing that. Still, what he says is, there was a heyday, the mid-1970s, and then in recent decades, <coughs> things have massively shifted, and there was a sense of deep frustration within what he calls the religious Zionist community. As you know, uh, I believe there are many religious Zionist communities, but what he's specifically saying is, my religious Zionist community. Molly. Well, what's the question? <laughs> Just I want to know where to, where to focus. <laughs> how did you re- um, how did you react to the art to his article? I think Johnny's point about Retzach Rabin okay. is so is absolutely 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 yes. correct. I, I mean, I often I, I so feel like just going back to Chaviv Retigur's point, like I always feel we're we're, we're like we're like a dysfunctional uh, couple. This 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 country, where something becomes a symbol of the toothpaste becomes the becomes the symbol of the the disregard of each for each other's feelings and nobody cares about the toothpaste but in the end we end up arguing about the toothpaste because it comes symbolizing of of like so much that's deeper down and i think that that like retzach rabin is clearly in the background of all these discussions and, and the thing that makes me so frustrated is and you say okay what we should how do we get to talk? Who's the national therapist? You know what I'm saying? Who's going to, it's supposed to be the president, but he's doing a terrible job. It's going to get us to the point where we're actually doing therapy as opposed to fighting about the toothpaste. You know, it's so interesting that, that John, like I, I think about Retzach Rabin all the time. And if you would ask me, we're, we're mad about the Itnat Kut and the people who are protesting at Kaplan 
are enraged about Retzach Rabin, and they don't say a word about it. But it's it's the it's the mm. kernel, it's the seed that 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 feeds every 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 protest. If you if you would ask me, and we never really talked about it. It was never talked about. Anyway, so I'm sorry. So Mali, say we've established that Rabbi Avram Wasserman is a member of the Chardal community, and he he seems to speak for he says Sinu Datit, okay. Did you identify with any of this article? I will ask you. And what's your what's your response to it? How do you react to it? Okay. Okay. So first of all, um, you mentioned that he quotes the Sanan Ben Ari song in the beginning. Um, the song is about Pinoy Gush Katif. Well, it's just what I said, like it got me right in the heart because if you read the words, it expresses the pain of the of the people who were who were expelled. Um, in a very profound way, it gives you a window straight into their hearts and into the pain, which is why, like, it hooked me, right? In that, that when I said in the beginning, it hooked me, and it did. And the truth is, um, I think you said, like, I, I, I don't know why, but I wrote, I saw it coming. What did I mean by I, I, I've seen it coming? I keep, but my in this whole like um, drama, this whole re- reform drama, my biggest fear is that the religious Zionist community is going to go down this path. Um, is it justified? Is it not justified? Certainly, there is justification for it. And again, for me, the biggest, you know, like proof of it, whatever other proofs he brings or doesn't bring, is is really Gush Katif. I think that's that's the symbol. It's like, and the way he describes it is, is he. Makes I mean, it if you worse think about than, it, if Israel had done this to any other community, yeah, it would have been an, such an international outcry. And, and, and I'm still so mad, right? Like, I, I get mad now, and like, you know. Um, Whatever we, you can just right when you watch the, the news and see what say, makes me get oh, mad that about that was different. That wasn't that yeah, wasn't important. and like if here it's a sign of, of caring about the country if you don't want to serve, but then it was a sign of radical messianism and they want us to secede and that's the worst thing you could possibly see, the language, do. Radical like, messianism. How if dare they don't like you? it? Yeah. You're a radical messianist. Exactly, and like you know, you 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 burn one tire, and oh my God, they're radical protesters, and and, and you here throw they fourteen year olds, you throw fourteen year olds in jail for yes, and you and you and you touch women in inappropriate ways to threaten. It was horrible. It was horrible. And you don't let you make people be mafaneder, whatever. It was it was horrible. It was, and nobody cared. Nobody cared. I still remember. I might have mentioned this in the podcast last week, but like, I remember. Do you remember when the Carmel burnt down? Yeah, I think you, you right. Know, yeah. I did mention it, and it was like all of a sudden people care that people are losing their houses. And I was like, six months ago, whatever it was, you didn't care. You didn't care about an entire community. Okay, but and so 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 what I'm afraid of, and I'm really worried about this, is that is that this is going to feed into bitterness in the Datsilumi community. Um, do they have a point? Yes, absolutely they have the, a point. But what I, I don't want us, I think this is there's truth to this. I don't think it's the full picture. I think Johnny's right. It's not the full picture. He's, he's neglecting to mention, um, as you said, Retzach Rabin. And to me, it's not just Retzach Rabin. It's like when I look at the the trajectory of the religious Zionist community from the 80s to the 90s through the 2000s, I actually think it was a healthy trajectory. Like he, he says, oh, you know, we used to be so wonderful and strong and, and, and everybody loved us. And then we became these like, you know, peace people. And I'm like, no, we were horrible. We were horrible before the Pinoy. We were horrible during Oslo. We did a terrible job. We were arrogant. We were self-righteous. Uh, we did not make our arguments well. It was we, we we were like we were so arrogant, 
and like we again like the famous line is that we all said Acharai to the you know to the to the and we forgot to turn around and see that nobody was following us and then after Gush Katif, all of a sudden the message was right and what I'm afraid of is 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 people saying exactly what this person is saying which is you see Right, like like Naval, like David says after he he took care of Naval's sheep. Right, I tried to be a good person. I tried to be, um, you know, I tried to do the right thing. I tried to learn my lesson. I, I tried to soften my heart. I tried to, and it was all worthless because they treated me like garbage. Then they're treating me like garbage now. Nothing changed. It's time to go back to the hardline way. That actually terrifies me. I do not want that to be the path of the religious Zionist community. Um, I'd rather, and, and, and I see where it's coming from. I understand it, but but I don't think it's healthy. And I think we can go down this path of, of victimhood, right? But first of all, I think it's never healthy to frame yourself as a victim. It's not. It's just not a smart way to live um, because it takes agency away from yourself and it focuses you on on on, on only on your wounds. Wait, can, okay, I, can I, I ask a question? Yeah, this yeah. is about the victimhood question. Like, I, I didn't see him, he sense a victim. He's saying, I'm tired of being a victim. To exactly. Say, no, no, but he's saying, that he's, he's uh, the, the language of victimhood, he's saying, we didn't realize that we've been victims all this time, and to see okay. it and stop it, meaning that's, Seder, that's, he wants Seder, to change but, but, that. But he wants to frame himself totally as a victim. He's not taking responsibility for, uh, meaning he's only framing it as victimhood, right? We are, he's only describing the ills that are done to us. Instead of the more complex picture, which is how I'd much rather look at, at, at the story of the Tilumi community, which is <coughs> who, who, what is our vision? Who do we want to be? And this is a piece of the story, right? Like, like how, what do we do with this piece of the story? This is not the whole story. He frames it as this is the whole story. We were so awesome and we tr- and then we're friaring. <coughs> we never realized we're friarim, and now look at how other people behave, and they there, and then now the message is: don't be a friar anymore. I don't think that's a healthy perspective, right? It's very enticing, right? That's what I'm saying. He sucked me in, but I don't think it's healthy. Um, and 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 I and I want to say two things about that. First of all, like um, on, on this, like don't be a friar. Let, let, let me say it this way. Um, my, it's interesting my daughter, that that's, I mean, that's why I'm interested in you. You heard him saying, stop being a friar. That's, that's yes. interesting. Yes. Yeah. Stop. What are you crazy? You know, this is Israel. Right. That's an Israeli expression. What doesn't go with strength goes with more strength, you know, and like, OK, but but that's a that might be a tactic, but it's not an ethical. It's not an ethical way to, to be. And so I would rather as a religious Zionist You'd person... You'd rather be kicked out of your house ethically than not be kicked yeah, out of your house with force? Um, your house. Maybe. Your house. Not um, my house. Your house. Kicked out of my house ethically than, than not kicked out of my house unethically? Not unethically. You don't know what I mean by ethically. That's, Being a no, nice no. guy and trying to be, you know, okay. everyone love you and I, ahava. Baby, ut, okay, ut, so ut, but it's not... Okay, so that comes down to a question, to the issue you didn't really want to discuss, but I think we have to discuss, which is... What do we really stand for as religious Zionists? Well, right? I haven't so, discussed it. That's why I didn't want to discuss it. I do want to I, discuss it, but yeah, we'll only discuss it. <laughs> you know where I'm going already. Right after this short break. Stay with us. Some parents homeschool. Others don't live near a school. And others are looking to enrich their children's Jewish knowledge. Each of these families needs a solution that offers their children serious Jewish learning. 
That's why I created Kita. Kita is serious online Torah learning at an affordable price. With Kita, middle school age children receive online lessons each week through the Google Classroom and then participate in weekly Zooms with other kids from around the world. Children can enroll in the Chumash and Navi play and study Chumash Breshit and Navi Shoftim or in the Mishnah and Gemara play where we're learning Mishnah Rosh Hashanah and Gemara Arveb Sachim or both. Now is a great time to register your child for Kita for the coming school year. To learn more about how Kita can help your children grow and thrive in Jewish learning, visit kita.org. That's Kita, K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. Okay, Molly, like I, I do want to discuss, I told you, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not against discussing it, but you didn't answer my question. I okay. let you off the hook. If you could be the Mr. Nice Guy, knowing in the future that someone's going to come along and kick you out of your house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because you live in Gush Etzion. Mm-hmm. And even though we think that's like a permanent block, eh, nothing's mm-hmm. permanent. We learn nothing is permanent. Or not Mr. Nice Guy, adopting a Rev Wasserman's tactics and saying, no, I'm going to fight you tooth and nose. You don't have to like me, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get what I want because it's because I believe Gush Etzion is part of Eretz Yisrael. And, and, and I'm not giving it back to an imaginary na- nation that, that, that the world decided to make up. What are you going to pick? Okay, you created a binary right there, right? Your binary was ethi- um, being, being a, being a um, pushover or standing up for my rights, right? That's not the um, binary that I would like to answer. If your binary is um, lo- like you playing dirty and doing things that I don't think are in the spirit of Judaism and halacha and what I believe are the religious principles. Well, no, that's of, not fair. He didn't. He didn't say play dirty. He didn't say play dirty. He I said know. power. Okay, He's but not this fair. is you're, okay. You're creating is, oh, a false okay, binary. This is okay. But you answer this my is, binary. Power wait, politics. Wait. Saying I will not no, okay. give in. This is which how is what I'll the left. Your by the way, which is exactly what the left is doing. Correct. Playing disgustingly. Right. Or, or, I don't want to play disgustingly. So that's what. So if you had to play disgustingly, but legally, right. if you had to do play play like the left in order to save your home, would you do it? No, and I'll tell you why not. Okay. And I think this goes to the heart of what does it mean to be a religious Zionist, right? And so you brought this up like this, Rabbi Sohar, what are the values that we stand for? So I do not want, unfortunately, religious Zionism in the day that I was describing it, I was not happy with it. And I think the religious Zionism that is being now... Um, kind of um, led by Rotman and Smutrich and Ben Gvir, that is not my religious Zionism, not because, um, forget the politics of it. Do I believe in Eretz Yisrael Hashlema? Do I not believe in Eretz Yisrael Hashlema? It's not my religious Zionism because I fundamentally believe that what it means to be a religious Zionist is that I represent, I'm religious. And what does it mean to be religious? To be religious means that, um, what, what is the phrase? I'm sure um, Johnny can pull it out. Um, right? Uh, there's some expression that's like, uh, I forgot what it is, but what does it mean the to be... The definition of Kiddush Hashem. Right. The definition of Kiddush Hashem is that, is that Shem HaShemayim should be, should be um, elevated by the way that you behave. And I believe that that's really what it means to be a religious Zionist. First and foremost, behave in a way that it, that that um, evokes admiration in people for your for the way that you behave as a human being 
That's first. If you don't have, that's, that's, that's like Avram Avinu, right? from Stom, right? Doesn't mean no, I'm not going to fight. You're waiting, if you're waiting for channel th- th- 12 and channel 11 okay. and channel 13 to love you, then they, 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 they will love you as soon as you take that thing off your hand. I'm, and they will second. love you as soon as you stop I'm talking not, about Rapsal My job is not to get people to love me. My job is to live by my ethics and values. If I live so that way, if your way, value is I to settle Eretz Yisrael, so if your value is to live exactly in Gush Etzion, what I'm saying. Then, then, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's one of my values. But it's actually not my primary value. I think that a higher value for me is to stand for um, um, being seen as a force for achdut, um, to being to to represent Judaism as a religion that is. Um, in its core ethical. That actually is what I believe. I think that you can actually stand for both of those two things. But if I have to choose one, me personally, I, I, will, I will put Eretz Yisrael HaShlema second. And I think that that's a giant gap in the, in the Datilumi world, which is what this is about. And I don't want to go back to the days when Eretz Yisrael HaShlema was the most important thing and everything was Mekudash to that Matara. That, I think, is idolatry. My, I, my religious Zionism means I serve God first. And my first question is, how does God want me to behave? What does God want? I cannot believe that God wants me to, um, to, to step on my brothers and sisters for a piece of land. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if somebody <laughs> they're, who's they're not religious mean, does they're that. They're willing to step on you. I'm religious. They don't care uh, yes. about your values. You're, okay. you're not, forget stepping on them. You're not willing to stand up and say, no, I will That's not different. let you do this. No, if I can do that and maintain my ethics, I will do that. But if I, I will not do it and not maintain my ethics. And that's the, uh, that's the crisis. But can I just say one more thing about yeah, the fryer sure. thing? Okay, and then I'll end with this. My daughter's teacher, um, he said his line was, he, when he dies, he wants his tombstone to say, Po Kavor Fryer. That's what he taught his students, right? Meaning, I don't want to be a fryer. Be a friar. You know what it means to be a friar? It means that, that you do the right thing. If we and were friars, we would never have conquered this country. Okay. Ever. That's not true. There's it's a difference between true. being a friar and having a backbone. Being a friar means you're willing to be <laughs> you're, you're, no, a Now you're creating a false dichotomy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. If okay, maybe Johnny can, know, maybe Johnny can come in here with world, his... Wait till uh, the nations of the world give you the country. No, that's Shalom not, that's not being a friar. No, believe me, that's not me. That's not, you know that that's not me, right? Uh, I'm, um, but, I'm, I'm by the way. I'm surprised by this conversation. I respect One second, one second. Water. Why? If I believe, let's say, that, um, you know, we have to, we have to be, be I'm, I'm right wing and I'm tough about, you know, how, how we play our, our, our security, but I believe we have to have Torah Neshek. That makes me a, fi- a friar. Torah Neshek means that we have to have an ethical army. We're such friaring. We're such friaring. Why don't we take, um, all of the terrorists and, 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 and kill them all. We're such friars. That would stop creating, them. Okay. You are really I, I am not. Johnny Cutting, you, you are. You're ahead, creating Johnny. a false Explain, dichotomy. I'm not creating okay. a false dichotomy. I'm saying you have to find the right balance between your values, but there are certain ethical boundaries that you don't violate. And I think what And you think Rav Rossman is saying yes? He's saying just be tough. He's not saying just be tough because we know the world that he's representing. He's saying let's go you, back to the days. Do you think Rutman in, said, in, in, you think Simcha Rutman has, has violated ethical boundaries and what he's been trying? I'm to not going to talk about specific people. No, but no, I would I, say that. You really no, think? I that, okay. I, I will say have, have, that I'm I not going to be a flyer anymore. I'm going to cut it. Okay, fine. I'm going to cut it. But I will. Wait a second. But I will say that I think that Simcha Rutman's priorities are off. He would. He's willing to sell away. Things that I think are important for religious Zionism, for things that he thinks are important to religious Zionism, and I don't agree okay. with Okay. Now, 
We've referenced Dara Horn, we've referenced the 1970s. I want to quote something to you which relates directly to what you're discussing. You're going to tell me who says this quote, and I'm going to tell you a little bit. I won't speak for too long. Bob quote, Dylan. The world, yeah. <laughs> the world hates a Jew who hits back. The world loves us only when we are able, uh, when, when, only when we are to be pitied. Who said that? Jonathan Sachs. <laughs> Good guess, from uh, It is a guess. Oh, ben Gurion, Bacon. So I'll say it again without saying it wrong. The world hates a Jew hits back. The world loves us only when we are able to be pitied. So I'll give you the answer. The answer is it's Golda Meir. Now, right, okay. why is it relevant? Today I watched the trailer for Golda. The movie Golda is about to come out. It was shown in a big event in Yerushalayim, but I think it's now coming to cinemas. And uh, I took two minutes to watch the trailer with Helen Mirren and Lev uh, Schreiber, Lev Schreiber. And you know, there's been a lot of talk about this movie. And why do I think it's interesting and worthwhile quoting uh, Goldemir? Because really what Goldemir put into words, although certainly the actions had been there for some decades previously, is we are going to hit back. We're, I don't care whether you like me or not. My survival depends on me standing up. So no matter you telling me I should be flexible or not, I mean, whether we call it being a friar or not, but we can be a micro-friar and nothing so much lost when we're being a mentor. We can be a macro-friar and we're dead. And Goldemeyer basically said, we're not going to do that anymore. And in the few minutes of the trailer, that sentiment, which we know was really what she brought to the table, is powerfully captured by Helen Mirren. Now, why, why is that relevant? Firstly, Rabbi Wasserman goes back to the 70s when <laughs> Goldemeyer is is a prime minister and saying, you know, this is a heyday. As mentioned beforehand, there was an interesting, to use that mildly, a dynamic between the religious leaders of the time and Golda Meiren and who could get what from whom. I, I, I'm just stuck on but Helen Mirren and and cultural appropriation what? and Helen Mirren playing Golda Meiren. How okay. dare she? That's I'm horrified. <laughs> That's a whole different comment. But what I want Plus to also say ironic is... ironic because Golda Meir is like not exactly the you know beloved of the right anymore after, after the Right, she never was war. and... Yeah. Uh, you know. But what we're people are doing in, in, this, in what's taking place right now, every group is basically channeling the sentiment, which again, she didn't own, but she did put into words very, very clearly. The sentiment of we're going to fight back for who we are. Now, what Rabbi Wasserman is basically saying is for the past few decades, we have been stifled and silenced and abused and we're done. Right? We're done being pitied. We're done being just the kids of the religious Zionists who are murdered, right? We want to be people who actually want to stand up for our values. We I'm don't so, just I'm want sorry, to Johnny, be I'm sorry, Johnny, I have to interrupt you one second. We're done being the people who, when we're killed in the Shtachim, people think to themselves, but don't ever say they deserve it for being there. If you think about it. It's sad. I think about it more than it's people It's terrifying, realize. but that is the underlying thought of somebody's life is worth more than another. And you shouldn't think right. that it doesn't happen. But uh, I'm well aware. But there's a flip side, which is, uh, again, there are, as we've actually referenced kind of three camps, Haridim, Tatim Lumim, and Chilonim. But every camp is actually taking the same approach. Every camp is saying, we're fed up. Now, we may well say, come on, there's no reason to be fed up. You'll be the one with privilege or with power or whatever until this point in time. But each basically feel affronted, yes? So what Rabbi Wasserman is saying is, as the Chardal Datilomi representative in this conversation, I suppose, he's saying, we're done, we're going to fight back. What are Haredim saying? We're done, we're going to fight back. And when the Chilonim saying, we're done, we're going to fight back. The difference, though, is, and this is a key point, 
when it came to Goldemir and, and all those previous battles and those since then, we use those words against our enemies. But what's happening now is we're using them against each other. And though there have been flashpoints, um, and we've mentioned some, it's a Rabin with Hitnatkut, we, we've acknowledged that those were horrific. Uh, nevertheless, one is by a, a sole agent, and one was for a variety of factors. We, we didn't tarnish the whole society for what they did. Maybe we tarnished them for their silence, for the lack of empathy. But now the language being used, found in this article, is about what we say to each other. And once we use that kind of language, not internationally, but instead nationally, right, civilly, uh, with people who are of our nation, then we're in trouble, right? Now, I, I'm also an optimist, and I believe... Wait, wait one second. I, let me, I, have to, I have to push back a little bit. Because he was not, yeah. God forbid, arguing for violence. I, I think every... every I think people... No, who, wait, wait, let me finish. Everyone, everyone like, loves to write about, will there be a civil war? You know, they, I, I can't stand people trying to grab attention, you know. But at the same time, he was saying, yes, internally, not, God forbid, violently, but fight back in terms of press our point and not give in because we want to be the nice okay, so, guy. So, Ruby, he wasn't I talking don't... That, right. So I think what, that we, what we would all is agree... wrong for internally all, okay. standing for what you believe in and not giving in because you're there's not supposed to be the nice There's nothing wrong guy. with that, but there's a very fine line between standing for what you want and, and, because, you don't, and, and be, because you don't be the nice guy and becoming... Um, impossible to talk to and impossible to deal with because you're so self-righteous and my fear i am all for standing for what we believe in i'm all for that see you're creating a strong man. you're gonna be you're gonna be impossible to talk to no no this because i've seen us. us be that way i've seen us. us be that way and i don't want us to go backwards that's my fear i've seen us behave that way i remember it it was a disaster it was useless it was it was it was it was the you know the the argument of the deaf against the deaf and that's what caused all that all that animosity. And I I push back against this this this. That's stuff what caused it. It was it wasn't it wasn't it a government that decided that it was. Of course, but again, I have to take responsibility for my part. And he can say from now until whatever he wants that there's been nothing positive. You know, I remember that there being a campaign of sending people to every house in Tel Aviv to have a conversation. Wonderful. Every single house. Okay. They, they did that. I'm, correct. And what and what was the result of that? So don't say they didn't try. They said so keep trying. Uh, really? No, keep trying. You know what the result of that was? The result of that was sorry. Get out of your houses, bulldozing their cemeteries. But it was too late because you showed up at the last the minute. Okay, which but they're is not doing why that. Why you had to do Ra a reset? Where is Yeshivat Ramat Gan? I'm not saying that how, there are problems on the other side, and it's disgusting. There are so many Yeshivot okay, in Tel Aviv. Okay, but you know what? That their protests that uh -huh. there were protests. But when I'd they want, still when they, rather. I would still rather that my kid goes to the yeshiva in Tel Aviv, who's, who's working within the community, which is where he is, Arut Shaul, than to a yeshiva that, my, that sends messages that are too black and white. My son is going to the same yeshiva, and I guarantee you, no matter what, when the time comes, if there's a protest, it would be against Arut Shaul the same way. I don't, don't care. Yourself. So that's their problem. I'm going to be No, it's your I, problem. It because you want to no. create love and Judaism in Tel Aviv. Yes, and, and somebody it will doesn't take want longer. you to be there. Okay, Ruby, you know what? Don't be modern orthodox because you know what? It's complicated. It's nuanced. The Hazarim, Bedina, Barina, Yitzoru. That's how, but that's what it is. But you're not it's willing to fight simpler. for complicated and nuanced. I am. Of course I am. That's what I'm saying. Guys, one second. I, I'm saying, you know, you know, praise I'm, God and press the ammunition. You got to do one hand, you got to do one thing, or the other hand, you got to do the other thing. But you can't just do one. That's all Elliot, I'm saying. Ruby, 
Yeah. Where Marty was saying, Sami, you said we're framing as a binary thing. Uh, I think one shouldn't frame things as binary things. I agree that things are complex. However, there is one feature of this whole conversation we haven't mentioned, which is ultimately the media. And I say the media, I mean talking about the news media in Israel. Because you know why a lot of people in Tel Aviv have issues about Yeshivot down the street which are only doing good? Not because of the kids. It's got nothing to do with the kids. You know, there's this big event. I have a neighbor who learns in that yeshiva, right? It's nothing to do with the kids. Right, the neighbors love that yeshiva. Of course. The neighbors love that yeshiva. Like, some do, some do. The key thing is, though, the, the narrative which is being portrayed about... Well, that's exactly the point, Zionism. because who controls the media, and we allow so them Ruby to do it for fight, years Right, years. so then follow uh, Uri Orbach, who said, Hatovim remember? And you're going to tell me, oh, it's useless. It wasn't useless. Oh, Things how well have did been that? changing. Okay, so then they have a Yeah, Great, there's one. Just about, one, it doesn't, it's a different country. Come on, Molly. Uh, how long I'm ago did he say you. that? How long ago did he say that? Okay, these, these are processes that take time, and you're I have naive, to tell you. And Rav Wasserman would argue, you're totally naive, and take time. They'll never happen because there's an entrenched elite that will never ever let religious scientists into the okay into the, but into i the so forget i'm not you know what my job is not to fix that interest you know what they did but they i created still the rather, Israel, which they tried to shut down and now there's what's channel second? 14 i'm not saying there are issues and we have to fight and trust me you're talking to me i'm you know the the right-wing fanatic who's you know watching all these like you know hard left uh you know Copy paste for America, and it disturbs me greatly. And I think we have to fight them tooth and nail. At the same time, we are nuanced and complex. We don't fight tooth and nail. Well, how why you can't that? you understand that I believe that some things you can fight tooth and nail and other so things you, and you have to agree. be careful so we on certain things? I'm saying I think the it's pick your Wait, battles. You'll fight for Channel 14, but you won't fight for your house. It depends who's fighting. Yeah, depends. Depends if if the government passes a law that my house has to go. I will fight for my house within the bounds of civil disobedience. But if if the country, ninety nine percent of the country, decides that I have to go because they think that I'm ninety nine percent, fifty point one percent. No, Same that was thing. different than Gush Katif. Exactly that the same. Time, That's what happened in Gush Katif. I don't think it was fifty point one, but it doesn't matter. We had lost the country. We had lost the country, and you can blame it on the well, media. Well, if the country comes but to take your we, house, you have lost the country. That's what I'm saying. So if we've, I would like to get to a situation where nobody wants to take my house because there's an entrenched elite in the media directing the conversation. No, maybe or think, maybe we're going to keep fighting. I because, think not. Because you told Rosman not to been, fight him. No, I didn't say that. that. I said I think it's smarter to go the Tzohar path. I just, I think it's smarter to let Nachal Belvavo. And his point it, is, we've gone the Tzohar path and the Uri Orbach path for four decades, and look and where it's gotten we're us. in, yeah, look where it's gotten us. I think we are in a better place than we were. I think we are in a much better place than we were. Johnny, and that's once, why. Once, once again, I want to say one more thing. That's why you walk in the streets of Yerushalayim, and it's not stressed. As opposed to other times when it, you really you couldn't look each other in the eye and, pe- and people wouldn't pick up Dati Lumi people in, in a cab because you killed Robin. And now I don't think people think that because I think that, that we actually worked really hard for the past 20 years and I think it actually has made a difference sociologically. Once, okay, uh, I, I Just think the existence of Sohar, which you work for, has changed the mentality in the country. Uh, I'm, yes, I'm all in yes. favor of the existence well, well, of Sohar, but you so know how you Sohar. Know, but really, how could you be in favor of Sohar? You want to be like Ravasa? You know how Sohar got established because they had to fight tooth and nail and we getting shut don't down. Fight tooth and you and think, nail. I'm you about think the secular country tried to protect us? Think the seculars tried to protect us from? I'm not from, expe- from, again. From I'm not a victim. I'm not expecting anybody to protect me. We have to fight for our values. I'm just saying I, I the agree values. Totally. That's all of, I'm saying. We have to fight for I'm our saying. values. I, I'm just I, exactly. But which values are you fighting for, and which values are you putting again? What's your list of priorities? 
That's all I'm saying. Johnny, and go ahead. Can, we keep, we you keep can fight for multiple. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll firstly, okay. just for our listeners to know, we mentioned Tsar not just because it's an interesting um, framing device, but because even today uh, there was a piece by Martin Kahana about how that world and its influence may well be a greater risk given current shift in government. So this Which is a very exactly what disturbs me. Right, I don't right. want our Datilumi community to go anti-Tsohar and pro-Smutrich. Sorry. How, how many how religious Zionist rabbis did Matan Kahana put in? Unfortunate. And we're going to have, we have work to do. I can't believe I'm coming across as a left wing on this this podcast. So nice. I find this hysterical. It's like when I'm 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 the radical, uh, you know, liberal, and here on this podcast, all of a sudden I'm turning into the like, you know, soft leftist. What happened? (laughs) What is going on? It's important to remember, though, that you can be a really, really nice chess player, but still not know all the moves that you can need to win a game. And I think there has been, and we know this uh, for the past few decades of of attempted uh, involvement of religious Zionist voices in the government that in most cases they haven't done that well and the and the group that claims to represent religious Zionism now I think most of us would say at least on the most part okay they yeah don't. I'm sorry I, mean, I need to no. one at a time Ruby you have to choose <laughs> well, you can I'm put second, Matan Kahana well, into the government well, and he's ineffective or you can Yalla. put Simcha Rotman in and he's effective who do you choose Simcha I'm giving Rotman you that heartbeat. binary Simcha really Rotman heartbeat. sorry I don't uh, yeah but, and by the way have you not noticed that your perception of him <laughs> it's been totally, totally influenced no, by, it's influenced a, by, by a, the conversation that I heard he had yesterday with Rabbi Dan. By the media, That's by the media without a doubt. Not by the media. Right. I will. I don't trust a word out of the media's mouth. It's not by the media. Okay, going back to the point. You asked me again. You asked me again. Excuse me, Matan Kahana. Excuse me, Matan Kahana. Getting much nothing rather done. Kahana You'd rather yes. getting nothing done for your community. Then Simcha Rotman bringing us to where we are now at the edge of civil war and destroying all the goodwill that we've built in the past twenty years. That's the point, Molly. You're so naive. You thought you had goodwill. You had nothing. That's, That's the not point. That's not true. I don't agree with you. Okay. If you could, if Simcha wrote me. Returning to the point, <laughs> returning to the point, <laughs> it is number one. If you want people to be uh, effective, you need to give them the skills to do so. And the problem of the Datilo Me community is that it doesn't feel that its entire survival is reliant on power, which in many ways is a good thing. The difference between that and the Haredi community, which relies significantly uh, on the government in terms of maintaining institutions is it does. And when you know that your entire existence is reliant on your success, as Medina Israel has felt for its last 75 years, you fight a different fight. So part of the problem is, number one, skill, this political skills, which are actually underdeveloped amongst most religious Zionists, Right, number two. I, I is, don't know, Johnny. Two, I think I think Bangor's political skills are amazing. Yes, but he's not the person he's, I he's want being. We just. And by the way, you, I, you like can also make an argument. You, you know like what? Him. You think they succeeded? They passed um, a quarter of the of, of one of their 12 things and they managed to pass it with the most of the country thinking that they're giant idiots so i'm not so sure that uh, Molly, Rutman and his group yeah. is so skilled once and minutes. secondly we need to believe if we want to be really involved in politics that our ideological survival and the survival of the state of israel relies on that involvement and i think part of the problem has been that the religious zionist community have felt that we make significant contributions individually, communally, but if it's less, we'll get by. If it's more, it'll be better. But we, we like friars. that would be n- but yeah. in terms of other communities, it's if we are not in power, we lose See, and 
our institutions end. Johnny, I totally so agree. With a, look, I totally agree with you. Look at Avi Mazuz. Existential. Avi Mazuz, right? Avi Mazuz is like some big player in some in, in like you know he's an important person in one yeshiva, but he realized he realized that if he somehow gets involved in politics and he gloms himself onto I don't know Rotman or or Datizioni and he can bring twenty or thirty thousand votes, he's a skansar. You know what I'm saying? And now he controls more money than Soar could dream of in its wildest imagination. Can you imagine what Soar would do, could do good for this community, Mali, if he, they had the budget of Avi Mazuz? I like, it bl- bl- not, blows my mind, but they listen, can't because they don't. Because, because, be they're leader, because, because they don't fight that way. I, right, and maybe that's a that's maybe that's a problem. But one. I'd rather be. Th- First of all, I'd like if I if I can learn like like Johnny says, if I can learn how to fight dirty and yet not too dirty. Just I didn't say politi- dirty. Cut the whoa, 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 politically. Whoa. I'm using that's that for Johnny. That's what you hear. You hear dirty. You hear dirty. If I, I can learn how to fight like a you know this is this, uh, what's his name Benny Alone once said that, that, that when he's in the Knesset he doesn't go by Rav because when he's when he's a Rav he's a Rav when he's in the Knesset he's a he's a politician. And yes, 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 but but there are still lines that he would not have crossed because he was an ethical person. It's sad for me to say that a lot of people who hold their ethics couldn't survive. They all they they just like they left they left the political arena and that's a problem. So how can we create? Politicians who are, you know, maybe Zvulan Hammers, who are also, um, you know, good people, but are also effective. Even though you might say he was too Rav soft Rassman as well. would have argued that he got he, he was got, too soft. Yeah. But I'm still waiting, and I'd rather and still have for to the learn how to, to do hand that. Hand him out little little morsels every now and then. If for my the choice support. is Zvulan Hammer or 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 Itabar Ben-Gvir, the choice is pretty clear to me. Even if it means we we have to be the people that it says on our tombstones, you know, Pocavor Friar. You know, God forbid, Loa Lena, but I'll tell you, I was listening to the radio this morning, and they interviewed they interviewed the guy that shot the terrorist, that killed the terrorist last night in Malay Adumim. In Malay Adumim. In Malay Adumim. Okay. It was a fascinating interview. And if you think about why it was a fascinating interview, it's because the entire attitude of the country has changed about these events in the past two or three years. You know, they were saying, why, why should we say chiselotam? Why should we say he, lechasel means to eliminate, or Just, yeah. say he horagotam, he killed him. Uh, meaning, like, the government, the country used to recoil. It used to recoil about the fact that we have to arm our own citizens and shoot terrorists. It would be lanatrelotam, try to take them down. We were deeply uncomfortable about killing terrorists. And that situation has changed totally. And if you ask me, and, and that's a question of life and death, literal life and death, and hesitation or going and doing what needs to be done in a split second, and, and whether do I think the country will support me when I get on the radio this morning, or will the police take me into custody like they used to do? And that change of attitude, Mali, I ask you, is, dead, is because of who? Itamar Benvir. It's a life and death issue. Oh, and I would prefer, and I know you don't like this. I'm horrified about what you're about to say, so don't say it. I would prefer. I still. I think that we should get up and shoot terrorists if that's what you're afraid. I'm not going to say, but I would prefer. The would not. You, no, knowing, knowing that's your. It's a binary choice, Molly. It is a choice because it was. So knowing that that okay, person so would I'll, have to I think will, twice or I three will times. I grant you, and I agree with you that we that those are the kinds of situations where it's habala hargachak ashgame lahargo or all those kinds of situations. But only Ben Gvir said that. Okay, 
fine. Ben, not everything Ben Gvir says is wrong. But at the end of the day, the I would the day, like I to thank find... God for the people in Malay Adumi who are alive today because of him. Thank God, and I agree with that. But but why do you have to be Itzvar Ben Gvir to be like that? Apparently why we can't need him we to find, be Itzvar Ben Gvir to get the country to that place. Why can't, but but I want to, I'm not voting for him. I would still rather vote for Ayala Chekhet. I'm sorry, and be a friar. Because she's trying to, to square that circle that we're not succeeding in But squaring. we just agreed that's an issue of life or death. When it's life or death, then there are there are halachas that govern life or death. Maybe. But when it's when it's more complex than that, at the end of the day, you have to. Again, I'm sorry. Complex. I'm going to go back to complexity. You're bringing it like to a very it very a black and white place. You use it as a no, chas v'shalom. It is not a chas v'shalom. It is not a crutch. It is it is a way of life. Okay, we're going to go to Downey. We're out of time. I actually thank you for having this conversation. I, I, it's like it's something you can see that's really motivating me and I, I appreciate your point of view I, I really do even though I, I'm like if our listeners got this far maybe we'll put a blooper at the end as a chupar um, but <laughs> I, I, I respect your point of view I disagree with you I, you can see very very strongly uh, very very strongly but it's something that I think is it, it, it's something that's really he he hit a tone he hit a note he hit an important issue that I think is is really at the heart, like you said, One we discussed of the religious I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Did you vote for Itamar Ben-Gavir? I'm not going to answer how I voted personally. I Would you vote for him again? I, I, what? Would you if, vote for him? Not again. Would you vote for him? I don't know. He's, a, he's too clowny. I, like, you know, there's a difference between... The problem is you have to be a clown in order to get what you want. In order okay, to so you're saying you want him there, but you don't want to, have be the, you don't want to get your hands I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to answer how I voted. I'm not comfortable answering how I voted. I'm very happy he's there. Because he changed certain attitudes... He came along and said, like, he, he, he basically said the emperor has no clothes. Like the, like, the country has a blindness that he came along, and that's why he got so much support. Because he says obvious things, and he says them in a way that make people uncomfortable. And he knows he doesn't, and that's how he got attention. Johnny, we'll, we'll end up with you. <laughs> <laughs> we always send it to you. Just said a, like, this is a really complicated... I, I would send, I'll end with what the Rambam says, which is, Kabbalah Amet in Misha Amro. I mean, you've got to accept wisdom from whoever says that. You can have people who you absolutely disagree with who say something that you say that's true. And unfortunately, we've been so trained not to accept that, that if somebody who I find to be morally uneasy um, and somebody who I politically reject says something which I kind of agree with, we even struggle to say that's a fair point, and yet I disagree with 99 of the other things he says. Now, I, I think that Itamar Benkvir on this particular issue, he's been the loudest. I don't think he's been the only voice. Like, let's be clear, we've got an army, we've got a police force, and there have been similar voices for many years. I agree, though, he's been the loudest in front of the microphone. He's Badafka been in front of the microphone to say these things. I, I hope for a time where we can accept wisdom from wherever it comes. And I believe that a lot of people have wisdom. And the model of the Knesset, ridiculous as it is, in terms of, uh, of uh, having multiple parties, having voices in government, is meant to provide that opportunity. And sadly, we've not learned to see that as a positive. And if we did, I think that was kind of brings back to what Rabbi Wasserman is saying. If we did, people would say, you know, the religious Zionists add some things and and the seculars add some things, and, and the Chayim add some things, and that's called be part of a family. We all add different things, and we'll disagree on certain areas, but then we'll work to our strengths. So I think, as a community, we need to emphasize the need to be able to hear people 
who we totally reject their absolute conclusion and say, I hear what you're saying on this point. You should know, I've heard said that even about the reform in the 19th century. He said, you know, in these points, I hear what you're saying. But Rav we've Cook lost said that. that. And I agree with that. It's Rav a beautiful exa- way to end. Of course. I know, but Rav Cook said that. We know Rav Cook said it. But Rav Hirsch, we often think, is a really Kharif person. But even in the 1990s, he says, they have a point. And we need to be able to say that in order to move forward. Um, because uh, the future of this country depends on it. But the future of the country building also depends on that combined wisdom we all bring to the table. Okay, we'll stop here. Uh, I want to thank you both for this meaningful conversation. Uh, I want to thank our listeners. If you have feedback on this, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on on our Facebook page or send us emails individually. We're not that hard to find. Uh, I want to thank my son for our music. uh, And uh, thank Mom and Johnny again for uh, spending time during your summer vacation having what I think is an important conversation. All right. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you next time.